When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Later in the program, Miss Kira O'Shea, Chagas B&T Dairy Advisor, Kodra McCroom office reminds us of forthcoming events and also some very important deadlines fast approaching. First, some general comments on Budget 2023. IFA President Tim Conlon said the budget contains some of the targeted measures which the IFA had looked for to address the challenges facing the sector. Tim Conlon acknowledged the rollover of fodder schemes and tillage schemes. He said renewal of the Beef Environment and Efficiency Scheme for Circulars, BPS, was important, but the allocation, he said, was too low and it would leave support for circulars well below what was needed. The IFA leader said the fodder, tillage and circular schemes won't be enough to mitigate the 40% increase in farm input costs, particularly for low-income beef and sheep sectors. Mr. Condon acknowledged the introduction of an energy scheme to support farmers who will be facing very significant bills over the winter months. Tim Condon said the IFA had raised the energy issue when it had become apparent that farmers were to be excluded. It would, he said, have been a serious omission if farmers could not avail of supports to deal with rising energy costs. We are waiting, he said, to see the full detail on how the scheme will be operated. The IFA president said bar funding of €238 million for the farming sector could be significant, but we needed to see the proposed breakdown of the funds. On climate measures, Tim Cullinan recognised the liming and multi-species sward schemes and the accelerated capital allowances for slurry storage. He said... While these schemes are worthwhile, they fall a long way short of what will actually be needed to help farmers meet their climate targets. The 10% concrete levy will undermine these initiatives and means that TAM's costings would have to be revised. For the new Agri-Environment Scheme, ACRES, the IFA Rural Development Committee Chair, Mr Michael Biggins, said he would be concerned that the funding would not allow all potential applicants into the scheme. Michael Biggins said the government had been trumpeting the new flagship Acres Environment Scheme, but the reality was not every farmer who is currently in an environmental scheme could be included in the new scheme, based on the allocation made in the budget. IFA Farm Business Chairman Rosemary McDonough 
welcomed the extension of the various agricultural reliefs, but expressed concern about the Minister's comments regarding zoned residential land tax. Ms MacDonald said there's increasing concern about how this tax would impact on farmers. Farmland, she said, should be excluded from the scope of this zoned residential land tax. Ms MacDonald said the reduction in the flat rate VAT refund to 5% was a significant adjustment which would impact farmers by €46 million. Euro. The President of the ICMSA, Mr Pat McCormack, said that Budget 2023 sends mixed messages to the large number of farmers trying to invest in environmental improvements for their farms. Mr McCormack said while the accelerated capital allowances available for slurry storage were meant to give some momentum to those ready to engage with contractors, the decision to put a 10% levy on the kind of concrete products that would be construction material, had effectively negated the benefit of changing the capital allowances, as well as undermining the TAMS scheme. Mr McCormack said, It's already obvious that the combination of both these measures is going to end up with them cancelling each other out. We have the government effectively forcing farmers to build greater slurry storage capacity, and we have farmers ready to do that, but hampered by rampant construction, inflation and a shortage of contractors. Now, he said, on top of this, we have the government effectively putting 10% on the costs of that slurry storage construction through the MICA levy, and that's going to mean a drastic slowing down of work, if not an outright stop. Part of a statement there from the ICMSA President, Mr Pat McCormack. Later in the programme, we talk to Mr McCormack. Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association National President Mr Dermot Kelleher has welcomed the allocation of €28 million Euro for an additional circular scheme, as well as another year of the fodder support scheme, announced as part of the budget. However, Mr Kelleher said that beef finishers and sheep farmers would be very disappointed that there was no targeted support for them as such. He said the ICSA had lobbied for support for all three sectors and all are under pressure from the huge increase in input costs. Mr Kelleher said the suckler herd is a vital national asset, so extra funding there is very welcome. He said the ICSA also welcomes the announcement that the fodder support scheme will be rolled out again in 2023. And also we have welcomed the funding for liming and a red multi-species sward scheme along with the tillage support scheme. Mr Kelleher said... The ICSA also welcomes the fact that the energy support scheme will provide some support for farm businesses. The West Cork-based ICSA president said he was stunned by the news there would be a 10% levy on ready-mix concrete as well as other concrete products, including blocks. Mr Keller said this will have huge implications for farmers. It would, he said, impact many farms who need a load of ready-mix for upgrades. It may also impact various concrete products. And he said the ICSA would be engaging with the detail of this. For example, many water trucks are now concrete products. Obviously, he said, it would have huge implications for any farmer building a saddle tank, building slurry or silage storage, or building grain storage facilities. He said the ICSA was now calling on the government 
to look at this again. He said this would overshadow the announcement of accelerated capital allowances for slurry storage, a two-year write-off rather than seven years. The ICSA president said the tax measures were broadly positive. The first point is that the ICSA had lobbied hard against any change to the agricultural relief on capital acquisitions tax being reduced from 90% to 80% and against any reduction on the thresholds. At least that has paid off with no change, but in reality, he said, the thresholds should be increasing in line with increased values. The extension of important stock reliefs and stamp duty extensions for younger farmers as well as for farm consolidation, was to be welcomed. He said the ICSA also welcomed the increase in the cut-off rate for income tax to €40,000, as well as the minor increase in the tax credits, worth €150 to a single person. It was important to note, Mr Keller said, that a lot of work had gone in over the years to ensure that full-time self-employed farmers got the same deal as PAYE employees, including part-time farmers, in terms of tax credits. In relation to fuel taxes, he said, the ICSA believes not enough is being done to help farming with the inordinate increase in diesel costs. Mr Callagher said, the increase in carbon tax is being offset by a decrease in the Nora levy on fuel, which is helpful, but in reality, fuel costs are playing havoc with silage costs, tillage costs, and the overall cost of feeding livestock. The government, he contended, did not seem to fully appreciate how much of this will ultimately impact on food costs. In conclusion, Mr Kelleher said, the budget had some positive measures, but it came nowhere near dealing with the impact of huge cost escalation. And there was, he contended, little to help farmers deliver on the extremely challenging climate targets they have been given. The 2023 budget did not address the need for substantial investment to help farmers on the road to significant emission reductions. Minister of State of the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Martin Hayden TD, said Budget 2023 would deliver additional resources to the priority areas of research and farm safety. Minister Hayden said he had strengthened the department's research fund to €20 million ahead of a significant call for new projects next year. This, he said, would ensure a steady pipeline of climate solutions for the sector in the coming years, giving us time to implement the science and technology available to us today. Research and innovation were identified, he said, as a key pillar in Food Vision 2030. On the 29th of September 2022, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charmer Conlog TD, said tackling food waste could have huge benefits for the environment. Minister McConlogue said the International Day of Awareness of Food Loss and Waste seeks to promote awareness and collective action to reduce food loss and waste. It's something, he said, we can all look at in our daily lives and improve upon, whether in business or in our own households. If all of us take one small step to change our habits and value the food that our farmers and fishers produce, we can all move forward in reducing the amount of food waste we produce. The minister said an estimated 14% of the world's food is lost between harvest and retail, and an estimated 
17% is wasted in retail and at consumption level. He said this food loss and waste accounts for 8% to 10% of global greenhouse gas emissions, contributing to climate change and extreme weather events. Food loss and waste also meant wasting the resources that had gone into producing that food, including labour, land, water and energy. Minister McConnell said the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals include a commitment to halving per capita global food waste at the retail and consumer levels and reducing food losses along production and supply chains. Reducing food loss and food waste presents an opportunity for immediate climate benefits while improving the overall sustainability of our food systems. A necessary transformation to ensure better planetary and nutritional outcomes for current and future generations. Minister McConnell hoped that on the International Day of Awareness of Food Loss and Waste, 29th of September 2022, we had taken a moment to think about food and the waste in our own business or in our home. This would be, he said, an important step towards achieving the goals in our Climate Action Plan and the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. The UN General Assembly, on 19th of December 2019, designated 29th of September as the International Day of Awareness of Food Loss and Waste. Details of the farm tax reliefs extended in Budget 2023. Young trained farmer stamp duty relief till 31st of December 2024. Farm consolidation stamp duty relief till 31st of December 2024. Farm restructuring capital gains tax relief till 31st of December 2024. And the young trained farmer stock relief till 31st of December 2025. Registered farm partnership stock relief till 31st of December 2025. Farmers have experienced at least a 50% rise in electricity and gas costs this year will be eligible to apply for funding under the Temporary Business Energy Support Scheme. Some 40% of the difference of these electricity unit prices, as calculated by comparing 2021 and 2022 bills, will be funded by the government. Excise reductions on green diesel have been extended till 28th of February next year, 2023. This extended reduction equates to 21 cents a litre for petrol, 16 cents a litre for diesel and 5.4 cents a litre for green diesel. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Ms Kira O'Shea, B&T Dairy Advisor, Chagask, Codrum, Macroom in the West of the County. First of all, Kira, welcome to the programme. Now, there are a number of big events coming up. For example, there's a Chagask Dairy Gold Joint Programme event coming up. Can you tell our listeners about this, when, where and what will be discussed at this event? Hi, John. How are you? Um, yes, yeah, so thanks for having me on today. So, um, yeah, there's a Chagas Dairy Gold joint event there um, being held on the farm of Tim Leader in Kilcorny, Rat, Cooley, County Cork. And that's on uh, Thursday, the 13th of October at 11 a.m. And the air code is P51XP59. So that's P for Papa, 51 
X for X-ray, P for pop out 59. And um, that when what will be discussed on the day will be that um, Tim, leader of the farmer, the host farmer there, will discuss with the local advisor, Adrian Curtin, how the year has gone for him. Uh, Gronya Hurley uh, from Chagas, she will discuss with Tim uh, his plans for finishing the grazing for the year. And Gronya will also discuss winter father and budgeting uh, around that. And then uh, Tim will also give us a run through on how our clover swords has worked for him on his farm. And finally, um, the Chagas specialist, Catherine Keenan, uh, she will uh, be there on the day. So she will demonstrate how to manage um, hedgerows and answer any questions about hedgerow management as well. So it's, it's an informative day out. Um, starting at 11 o'clock on Thursday, the 13th of October, and all is welcome there. That's grand. Now, Kira, turning to the Cork West region, in the Cork West region, there's a new discussion group being set up. Can you tell our listeners more about this discussion group and how our farmer listeners can express interest in joining the group? Yeah, so it's great to have a new discussion group uh, being created in, in, in the Cork West region. So um, it's a new Dairy Beef 500 discussion group. So it's, um, as I say, being formed in the Cork West region. So it's a, to assist farmers who um, purchased uh, calves from dairy herds. And uh, the idea behind it is to maximise the potential of the beef production for their farming systems. So... Um, the contact uh, to express your interest into um, joining the discussion group or finding out more information is Anna Sexton in the Skibbereen office. So um, she's the advisor there. So I'll call out the number there. It's 0282188888. That's the new Dairy Beef 500 discussion group. Please give us that uh, phone number again and the date it's likely to start up. The contact is Anna Sexton, uh, the advisor there in Skibreen, and it's 0282181888. And um, <clears throat> they're just gathering names at the moment, so we'll hopefully start um, later on this year or at the start of next year. That sounds fine. And of course, if you are interested, uh, get your name and express an interest as soon as possible so they can uh, you know, find out if it's going to be a viable course if they get the numbers. Turning now to TAMS. For farmers who have TAMS grant applications completed or are still completing them at the moment, I understand a special TAMS health and safety course is required to be completed in order to qualify. So could you please remind our listeners where a TAMS course will be available? Yes, so for any of these farmers that um, need the TAMS health and safety certificate, um, they, which lasts them for um, five years, so they, they, they may need to do this TAMS health and safety course. So there is one being um, run in Clannacilty College. It's going to run on the 7th of October, so it's uh, coming close there. So and um, if anyone has any queries or is in, interested in uh, coming to that course, uh, ring Eileen on 0264160. Um, the time of the course in the college in Clannacilty is going to be from 2pm to 5pm on the 7th of October. 
And Kira, you've spent some time getting together details of deadlines, very important deadlines. You've been、uh, sorting these out, and you have several very important deadlines. So deadlines coming up for farmers to be aware of. Turning, we'll say for the first one. I understand you've listed slurry spreading. The slurry spreading date deadline. Can you please remind farmers of this date and what is the best practice they should comply with when、uh, spreading slurry and meeting this fast approaching slurry spreading date deadline? Yeah, John. The the spreading date is、uh, pushed a week earlier this year, so、um, it's not to forget that the closing date now is is a new date. It's the seventh of October. So、um, as I say, it's a it's a week earlier. So、um, the other thing to make note is that、um, on the, that the buffer zones as well that、uh, it, because we're coming close to the end of、um, the spreading season, it's going to be ten meters from any watercourse there when spreading slurry. And I suppose another thing is, is you know,、um, if you are spreading your slurry, put it out or maybe on some paddocks that may have had some surplus bales if if they were taken off or if you had some. Third foot silage there, that would be ground that you might、uh, target to get some slurry out, and with using, of course, the low emission slurry spreading system. And I suppose the thing is, is that when you target those paddocks,、um, like、uh, with with having a bale removed, it removes nitrogen, peas, and keys. So nitrogen, phosphorus, and、uh, potassium, potassium from the soil. So every five bales made、um, per acre removes about twenty five. Units of potash per acre, so it needs to be replaced. So it's a it's a good place to target. I suppose also looking at your soil sample results. You know where farmers will be、um, considering taking soil samples later on this year. But you know looking at those results and seeing where where is low in P and K and replacing that back into the ground. But just to remind farmers again, that date is the seventh of October. Next deadline is for some farmers in derogation, and this is about doing the online slurry export movement forms online. When does you know this completion need to be done by? What's the deadline? And I understand, unfortunately, for some people who might be all that familiar with the internet and online, I understand this can only be done online. The online export slurry movement forms their completion. Yeah, so、uh, for some farmers in derogation that they might be falling over the 250 kilos of nitrogen per hectare,、uh, they will need to complete these online slurry movement forms, or if they've also、um, exported slurry、um, out of their holdings, they they have to use this online slurry movement form through their Ag Food account, and、um, so their advisor can do it, or they can do it themselves as well. So.、Um, The date for、um, some of these farmers that will need to complete this form is、um, for exporting slurry、um, is the 31st of October. That's if you're in derogation,、um, and I suppose the important thing is is that if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Talk to your advisor about this early in time. Get onto them now uh, to get this completed, I suppose, uh, for farmers that actually aren't in derogation. That might be exporting slurry as well. Um do you know, and that might be that if they're they're coming over the 170 kgs of nitrogen, their deadline remains the 31st of October. But um, the one that's coming and approaching us uh, fairly soon is the 31st of October deadline, and that's for our derogation farmers there. Uh, so talk to your advisor and um, and get that completed in time. Now we turn to Suckler's, the Beep S scheme. Another deadline for farmers in the Dairy Beef Calf Programme is the Beef Environmental Efficiency Programme, Suckler's, bracketed, Beep-S. They'll need to record weights. And you might remind us, please, the deadline for the recording of the weights for this scheme, you know, the, the deadline, another very important deadline for the Suckler's Beep S scheme. Yeah, so uh, those farmers, John, there that are in um, the dairy beef calf program scheme or the beef S scheme, um, they they'll have to complete their weighing. So um, this needs to be completed by the first of November, five thirty p.m., um, which is fast approaching as well. It won't be long coming around that time. And I suppose the other thing to note is that if you've weighed. Um, and if you have weighed, then those weights have to be submitted to ICBF within seven days of weighing. And you need to take note of the uh, weighing scale serial number as well for when you're recording the weights as well, because that would be asked for uh, there. So um, it's all completed online through ICBF website or you can um, contact ICBF for, for a paper version and post it into them. Um, you can also contact your advisor to help you if if need assist if you need assistance with it. I suppose the other thing just um to remind fellas there is with the BPS um is well that if you are doing fecal egg testing, that action um which is targeted at the control of liver and rumen fluke in adult suckler cows, 
those samples need to be submitted and taken um, and submitted to the approved lab before the 3rd of October. So that date's really on top of us now, you know. So um, the, 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 the weighing one anyway is the 1st of November. When you're using weighing scales, you must uh, be aware that it's a registered weighing scales. That's correct as well, and take that serial number. Uh, because when you're inputting those weights on, on ICBF, they will look for that. Getting near the end of our overview, we turn our course to grazing, laying the foundations for a good supply of grass in the spring. So we're aware, of course, the grazing season actually begins this time of the year in the autumn, and that autumn grassland management now is crucial for assuring a good supply of grass in the spring. So when should farmers start thinking of um, the last rotation and closing up for this year? Yes, so the grazing season countdown is starting to begin now um, in, in October um, for the new grazing year ahead so therefore it's vital to ensure that you have um, a grazing plan put in place many farmers need to remember that what um, you do now in terms of your grazing management on your farm will influence the supply of grass that you will have on your farm next spring in 2023 so um, in relation to the start of the closing off uh, paddocks the start of the last rotation there needs to have um, a plan in place so farmers should uh, be considering the date um, of the last rotation beginning early October around now around the 1st of October so it's around today so this um, date of course will vary from farm to farm due to um, grass growth on their farm the soil type the stocking rate on their farm will all need to be considered and for farmers you know um, maybe that might have heavier land types. They might already have started their closing up um, in the last few days there. But I suppose, you know, this date, it's a movable feast. It's it's not the end of the world, I suppose, if you do come back and graze uh, a paddock. But I, um, that it has been closed on the 1st of October. But I suppose, assuming that um, you have adequate grass on, on the farm, so this um, is going to be decided by your grass budget, which you have, um, I suppose, um, play it by year. It's different each year, and um, it would be expected that the vast majority of people, um, it is not um, going to be that case of we close today and that we get back into it again. So, however, um, we we do not know uh, what's ahead of us with in terms of weather, and we do we have to be aware of what. Um, be aware that we need to bank up grass for the springtime and um, because what we graze in February is what we grow in October and we need to be careful that we don't eat into this spring grass. In general, what's the current situation of grass like on farms and what should farmers be trying to achieve now? So based on the pasture-based Ireland, um, there are many farmers out there that might be still a bit short on the target um, which they're around the average is around uh, 850 to 900 average farm cover however you know that has been a great progress to get to where we are and I suppose it's a um, well done to everyone for making it there with uh, the way grass has been um, and making it the grass um, there for the last rotation so uh, well done there. Um, it is important, I suppose, um, now to clean out paddocks as much as we can, as much as possible, as there 
maybe possibility for some of those paddocks that be grazed in the next couple of days that you may not see them again until 2023 for the grazing point of view. So um, because I suppose as well we are uh, going into the last rotation with maybe a slightly lower average farm cover than than before, it's important that we um, get the balance right between feeding the cow and getting set up in the springtime as well. we want to have good clean out and a nice clean base and we can uh, work off this um, for um, um, early next year. So we need to try and get the graze out right um, now. Um, but importantly, uh, we need to keep the cow fed as well. So like um, if, 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 you're, if some people are removing some silage from some farms, um, they may need to um, up concentration in the short term uh, to ensure that they're hitting their adequate intakes. Um, it's important to note that um, if there is any significant drop in yield or milk protein, it would be a uh, point uh, towards um, maybe in, inadequate feeding allocations. Um, so this would need to be corrected. Obviously, I suppose if the weather is uh, very poor and wet, that would have uh, an effect on grazing conditions then. And, um, that could be a factor behind it too and then it might uh, be worth putting in a bit of silage um, on those days to try and boost their intakes and increase the feed a little bit. Um, it's going to be a balancing act. It's not going to be um, an easy challenge and hopefully the weather will play ball with us uh, to allow us to start off with a good, as good as possible graze outs, cleaning them out well and um, as we um, start closing up ideally around now the 1st of October and to take note again that what we graze in February is what we grow in October. Well, thank you very much indeed, Ms. Kira O'Shea, B&T Dairy Advisor, Chagas Kodra McCroom in the west of the county. An amazing amount of reminders and information there and guidance for your clients and our mutual listeners. Kira, thank you very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John, and thank you to your listeners, and take care of safe farming. Thanks a lot. Bye, John. Joining us on the Farm Programme, we have Mr Pat McCormack, ICMSA National President. First of all, Pat, welcome to the programme. Now, I understand that you view Budget 2023 as a genuine effort, uh, but of course there are a few things you don't agree with, and in particular, you are strictly opposed to one aspect, this one provision, the MICA provision. Yes, indeed, John, and thanks very much for having me on. Obviously, the budget, and you know, it's a critical part of every citizen in the States uh, year where they get an indication of whether they'll be any better off or not. And I suppose in particular with the inflation that we've had, we all look forward with anticipation to the budget. Um, the government did change bends and, and do things that way that will have a minor impact on farm families as well as every other citizen in the state. Uh, we would also welcome, you know, the capital allowance flexibility on capital allowance write-off on farm buildings, in particular, I suppose, on slurry storage um, rather than farm buildings. And, uh, you know, that would have to be welcome given the compliance that's required in the years ahead. But, you know, if farmers feel that they're going to benefit from that, uh, they'll equally be suffering the 10% uh, MECA levy on concrete and all concrete products. And that's a huge concern for us. And, look, we've been in contact with Minister McConnell-Oak and indeed other department officials uh, to say that this isn't acceptable, that, you know, money that's invested in concrete uh, to protect our environment needs to be exempt from any 10% levy. And that's critical as we move forward because we see concrete and all concrete materials at an all-time high as regards price. 
and to put a 10% levy on them at, that, at any time, but in particular at this time, uh, would be catastrophic to the building industry as well as to agriculture and our ambition to meet the 25% emissions target. You think perhaps there could be an exemption for farm environmental construction lessen the blow because it is a national disgrace, this whole MICA thing, but at the same time, it's just unfortunate and ironic that people like farmers would have to foot the bill. It is, it is, and to be very hard, while it is a national disgrace, uh, to be very hard to expect a farm family that would have, you know, be trying to become more environmentally compliant and have more storage storage to be asking them to pay a 10% premium. I mean, this is a significant volume of money because you're talking about 120, 130, 140 euro on a ready-mixed lorry of concrete. So that's going to add significantly to the cost associated with building work. And we believe that the department, if they're to be serious about our environmental aspirations, um, need to recognise that and recognise the fact that it's almost a compulsory spend uh, from an environmental benefit and that we need, that, that money needs to be, our concrete needs to be exempt from, from any 10% hike. And that will be critical as we move forward to get sufficient storage storage uh, for our farmers around the country. There's so much emphasis in the new cap proposals, the environment. Nothing as important as the very efficient and safe storage of slurry. That obviously is a huge impact on water, river and uh, other facilities. Well, if we're to follow the Pegasus Max curves and be the most efficient we possibly can with, with our nitri- nutrients that are produced on, on farm, we need to be storing them and spreading them at the most applicable time. And that's a critical part of, of our lobby and our reason behind and our rationale behind what, what we're proposing. Um, that's absolutely critical. Um, because obviously we have a 25% redu- emissions reduction. And if we're to come anywhere near delivering that, uh, we need efficiencies right across the sector. But, you know, we don't need to be making it more difficult for farmers. We need to be making it easier. And unfortunately, on this occasion, I don't think the government thought about the consequences. In your press release, you welcome as very positive the extension and rollover of uh, many reliefs, such as the young farmer and farm consolidation stock relief for younger farmers and excise relief on green diesel. You do welcome those, but at the same time, it's a shame the mica thing should impinge on that and be so obviously unfair and misdirected at farmers. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, I suppose we, we would empathise with the people who are affected. But um, we, we have to be conscious of the fact as well, you know, that we can't expect farmers uh, 600 kilo- or 200 kilometres away uh, to be footing the bill. The government gave a commitment that they were going to provide compensation, but they're asking every other citizen that's making an investment in concrete now to, 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 to fund that, and that's totally unfair. And solar energy generation, that seems to have been recognised by the government, you know, in vis-a-vis TAMS, the Targeted Agricultural Modernisation Scheme. So the generation of solar energy from rooftop panels on farms... Look, it's absolutely imperative, I suppose, that everything is done to incentivise the producing energy in the most efficient way we possibly can. And solar panels, we believe, uh, can play a significant part there on farm, the infrastructure is in place. It's simply a, a, an issue of utilising it. There are two issues. There's a number of issues. Though. There's grid connections, there's planning permission, and all those, as well as funding, and all those need to be, uh, you know, burdens need to be taken away from in front of the farmer in order to deliver because there's a potential that we could have a, a, a grid collapse uh, during the winter we face ahead. Uh, and, you know, 
we believe that it's a lost opportunity on budget day that more should have been done. So coming back to the main sticking problem, the, the MICA, do you feel that because nearly every farm organisation or rural group and uh, the general public, they seem to understand this is misdirected, the MICA levy on uh, bricks being used by farmers, do you really feel that they will sit down and review this? Uh, is there any realistic chance it could be reviewed in all fairness? Look, we've called from that. Um, you know, we believe that it should be reviewed and we believe that it needs to be reviewed urgently because other than that, it's going to absolutely erode uh, confidence across the, the country uh, in existing in concrete in the months and years ahead. The 5pm to 7pm time slot that coincides with the milking time, the fact that 5pm to 7pm will be a peak electricity charge time and uh, farmers, of course, in some cases are buying generators but it could be a situation where farmers are paying extra high rates for the very time when they have to milk between five and seven. Any movement on solving that problem? It's absolutely imperative that we don't see an escalation across there. We've already seen significantly cost increase uh, across the board um, for, as a significant energy user. So we need to, we need to see uh, reason uh, there, and hopefully we will in the weeks ahead. We know the TB situation, bovine TB, it's ongoing every now and then we hear there's great progress and we're hoping by 2030 to have it eradicated but there's an article there in the agri-press farmers locked up with TB to buy in cattle with veterinary guidance, that appears to be under consideration. Yeah, without a doubt look, I suppose to allow the farmer the opportunity to continue with business as near to normal as possible under veterinary guidance it's a move that has to be welcomed uh, you know, we're also lobbying that there needs to be increased grant aid, whether to see population, hardship grant, uh, and indeed the removal of the animal, because for the affected farms, in numbers are small, the effect is significant, and we need to minimise that effect on our farm families. So hopefully we'll see positive news there in the coming weeks. Are there any issues we haven't discussed which are of vital importance to the dairy sector, which you would like to have highlighted in... Well, look, there's many issues. Milk price is obviously always a central and foremost for ICMSA, and we believe that you know, we're entering a period of stability now where we need to see milk price remain stable right into the spring of 2023. And uh, you know, it's, all, it's all about looking forward to next year now and being as best placed as we possibly can. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Pat McCormack, ICMSA National President. Thank you, Pat, for your valuable time. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk Programme, Mr. TJ Marr, IFA National Animal Health Committee Chairman. First of all, TJ, welcome to the programme. Now, in this week's journal, there is a rather interesting article. It may offer hope to people who have been found to have some TB in their herds. Farmers locked up with TB to buy in cattle with, quote, veterinary guidance. What's your response to that headline and what's the background to it? Well, uh, John, good to talk to you again. I think first thing to say is uh, these are proposals that uh, the department are bringing to us as part of an overall financial package that is to be decided between the farm organisations and uh, IFA over the next couple of weeks. Now, the principal core issue here we are talking about is an amendment to the EU uh, regulation ER37G, which allows farmers who are locked up with TB to purchase in uh, animals during that period without more clear tests. Now, as part of the negotiations with the department, there is agreement that farmers will be able to purchase in what's called a risk mitigation 
plans which should be approved by uh, veterinary, uh, the veterinary practitioner. So um, this is, uh, the risk mitigation plan is essentially the farmer taking reasonable precautions around uh, his feeding policies, his uh, efforts to locate badger sets on his farm, fence them off if they're there, and other reasonable steps around his land boundary fencing and, and things like that. As an example, I had a man on the phone uh, uh, just this morning who, during the summer, was trying to buy in a bull um, because he needed the bull for uh, for the genomic sire, uh, genomic sire for, for his BBS scheme. And he, he had difficulty buying in because he couldn't get the farmer he wants to buy off the tree move and test the animal, um, and the, the, even though the animal was in test state. So I think in small things like that will help farmers to allow the farm through the, the disease because that is the biggest single difficulty with TB. It locks the farmer's uh, operation down completely and if he needs to buy an animal, it's almost impossible. So I think this regulation allows us to do that. Uh, the, the negotiations are at an advanced stage and we would hope they will be across the line as part of a wider financial package very soon. By availing of this flexibility, would the farmer lose out any income supplement or suffer financially? No, this is this is the key part of the change in the regulation now and with negotiations with the departments. Um, going into the future, uh, farmers will qualify for a live valuation of the animal should the animal go down with TB, and also should he lose more than ten percent of his herd in a sub in a breakdown following on the production of that animal, he will be eligible for uh, income supplements at rates which are to be uh, increased and, and the level of which is to be decided yet, certainly they will be better uh, than is available at the moment, which is far short of the losses that farmer suffered through uh, disease restrictions. So that is the key progress area there, uh, in that you are not penalised for attempting to keep your farm business going, and if you are lucky enough that that animal should become infected with TB on your farm subsequently in that uh, you will uh, be allowed full live valuation and not be disqualified for income supplements. In the journal, there is one section taken from a reported comment said to have been made by you. This has changed the landscape. In this situation, it would now be possible for a person to try and farm as well as having TB. Significant improvement for farmers. Uh, you would be in a position to purchase back in uh, and you won't suffer any consequential loss for the purchase of those to your live valuation or your income supplement. So in essence, we think this will be a substantial uh, advantage to farmers once they complete their risk education plan. That might be a problem. It's something that we're finding more and more existing within our building stock. But the main point, uh, we're talking about the article in the journal where you're quoted to quite frequently, farmers locked up with TB to buy in cattle with, quote, veterinary guidance. And that, you feel, is a very substantial move forward. And if that can be copper fastened and no farmer lose income, well, then it does introduce a degree of flexibility which of course will be warmly welcomed so tj thank you very much indeed for taking our call and that's mr tj mar ifa national animal health committee chairman tj thank you very much indeed thanks a million thank you very much john appreciate it and that's the farm talk program for now i'm john o'connor thanks to barry o'mahony 96.3 fm head of news and Marie Tuig, 96 mile 3 FM news reporter, for contributing to the programme again this week.
And a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen. Premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.